This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So, Christina, I've been thinking, uh-oh. A lot of what we do is look at pictures and videos of professional athletes going in to get ready for their games when they do those like nice little walkthroughs up the ramp and in the back hallways of the arenas, you know? And they look amazing. And they look fresh as hell because they get their suits tailored or they get them custom made. The good news is if you're a normal dude, you can now do this for yourself and we're gonna make it very easy for you, okay? Off the bat, I'm not gonna promise you that you're gonna look exactly like a hockey player, but you're gonna look a heck of a lot better. Your ass may not look as incredible as Taylor Hall's, but it'll look better. It'll certainly look closer to Taylor Hall's. So we're talking about Indochino. It's the world's largest made to measure menswear brand. You can get suits, shirts, coats, everything is made to your exact measurements. You get to choose your own fabric. You get to pick everything custom for what you want. And then you send in your measurements and then they send your clothes to you in two weeks, just two like weeks. ready to go. Is there like an end of a Fendochino? Can I get some custom made? That's what I'm saying. Like, I would love to get a custom made suit. Let's get an Indochinette going. So not only do they have showrooms where you can go to in person, but you can also just do it yourself all online and not have to talk to a single human being, which I would prefer. And that's at Indochino.com. This sounds pretty freaking convenient. Just so you know, right now, you can get $30 off your purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter Blue Wire at checkout. That's our code. What is it again? B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. And as always, shipping will be free. That is Indochino.com. The promo code is, we have just spelled it, Blue Wire. Blue Wire. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothes that don't You have fit. no excuse. Make this your New Year's resolution that you're going to get some suits that fit. Did you ever have an excuse? No. But now you really don't have one. <laughs> Blue wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Here we go. Third time we are. Third time's the charm. On God, we're finishing this podcast. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties um, a day or so ago because Christina got a new computer, which is very exciting because she's, you know, finally basically joining the 21st century. I'm so happy to be here, folks. But also, it, I think it like overloaded your internet because it was so new. Yeah. So I have spent the last three days um, doing my favorite thing, which is tech support for myself. <laughs> And so I have unplugged almost every appliance in my house so that I don't know if this is going to work. I'm sure I'm going to have some people in my uh, in my replies when this comes out. But if my computer is the only one that's receiving the Wi-Fi, 
then why is it still bad? Well, that's what we're doing right now, and it seems to be What's working. in the tubes? Like, what else is in the tubes that makes the Wi-Fi bad? I don't even know how Wi-Fi works. I mean, no. like, it's very scary to me. The only <sighs> way that I can conceive of it is as um, the little sprites on Spirited Away with, like, the stars. <laughs> the soot monsters are literally carrying our shit around. Um, anyway, hey, <laughs> welcome back to Puck Bunnies. I'm Audrey. This is Christina. We have a lot to talk about this week. We sure do. Certainly not anything that hasn't been talked about already by, I think, probably much more qualified people than us. But we did want to talk about, first of all, the entire Bill Peters, Mike Babcock, abuse and racism in hockey ongoing saga that's happening right now. Really great because content it's for insane. us. It's stuff that doesn't come up a lot in hockey. And so, like, I'm really excited that we get to talk about it along with everyone. Just join the cacophony of voices. Right. And what more do you want than two white American girls solving racism? Brief sidebar, brief sidebar. Uh Have you, did you watch a lot of, like, Disney Channel or movies when you were growing up? Not a lot, because I wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of TV. Okay, well. Continue. Which one? Did you ever see The Color of Friendship? I did not. Is it about... Um, let me guess what it's about. Okay, here we go. A little white girl and a little black girl become friends. That is general. That is generally it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more specifically, it was about apartheid. Oh wow. Okay. I literally learned about apartheid from the Disney Channel original movie, um, The Color of Friendship. It was not a great way to learn about apartheid. What happened at the end? They were friends. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, and apartheid, bad. That's what I got away from it. We love to wrap everything up in a pretty little bow. Just like real life. That's Just exactly like what real happens. life, there's no messy endings. No. And I think a lot of what we've seen this past week is the NHL machine at large trying to wrap this up into saying like, oh, well, now that we've solved this one incident, we're better. Right. They're treating it like it's not a continuum of... Not a systematic problem. Right. So if you've been living literally under a pile of rocks for the past like two weeks or so, last week, again, when we were recording, because I think we are now cursed where every time we sit down to actually record the podcast, (laughs) something bizarre happens. Bill Peters, head coach in Calgary. Former. Now former head coach. Spoiler alert. Of of the Calgary (laughs) Flames. A former player, uh, Akeem Aliou, who played under him in Rockford. So the Blackhawks AHL affiliate back, like, back, you know, 10 years or so ago came forward and was basically tweeting the story out about how at one point Ali was playing music in the dressing room and Bill Peters came back and basically dropped the N word many, many, many more times than in I think many I've specific ever seen. Ways. Yeah. Uh, and he, like at this point, he was a rookie. He was like a 20 year old. And it was because he, quote, didn't like his choice of music. Um, that's putting it in, I think, the cleanest terms that we can. And even to like back it up even further, I believe that this allegation, uh, I mean, not even, I feel like even weird calling it an allegation, but this story came out because of what happened in Toronto. Yes. And Mike Babcock literally emotionally abusing Mitch Marner. And I feel like we have to recount what happened there, too. So what he did. It's like the the snake eating itself. Yeah, it's like an Ouroboros of shit. 
So what he did is when Mitch Marner was a rookie, he like pulled Mitch into the principal's office and told Mm -hmm. him to rank everyone on the team based on how hard they work. And he was like, no one's going to see it. I just want to get some fresh rookie eyes on it. Yeah, yeah. Like I want you to know that your input is valued here. It was incredibly manipulative. And Mitch is like, I don't know, he's probably 12 years old when this happened. He was not 12. I mean, he's only 16 now, so. And then he ranked everyone and... Babcock showed everyone, like everyone on the team. Did oh no, he, did he just show Kadri? <laughs> anyway, some some fucked up stuff happening in Toronto, which uh, again only came out after Babcock got fired um, about two right. weeks ago. So I mean, I just you have to talk about all these things at once. They're all connected, right? And they're all connected, and they're all influenced by the same sort of outside factors right like if babcock had been winning number one the story never would have come out and number two it would have been touted as like this coach's weird tactics won him the stanley cup he's old school he's tough and some of his what he gets up to in the locker room like it may seem harsh in today's pc culture Mm -hmm. but it gets results and that's what matters and so we're seeing a lot of these stories come out now not just about babcock not just about bill peters but other coaches and people who work in for different not just teams but leagues like you have and especially in junior junior hockey too this is a Mm -hmm. huge issue there are hazing investigations every year because they make kids do some really fucked up stuff what happens is is like a lot of this stuff starts in juniors and coaches learn how to do this shit in juniors and then they take it up with them all the way up to the top and that's what happened with have you read it about mark crawford Yes. So Mark Crawford has been in, in the NHL forever. He's a very esteemed coach. He's an assistant coach for the Blackhawks now? Yeah, he has been put on administrative leave. I think he's still on administrative leave for basically all these incredibly violent allegations that came out. So Sean Avery said he kicked him in the head on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, he choked Brent Stopel. All of that has been just really troubling to read about, especially whenever you consider how long he's been in the NHL yeah. and also other incidents that he's seen. He was on the bench during the Todd Bertuzzi attack. And he also saw someone like have a seizure on ice 10 years ago. There, There's consequences for this kind of behavior that aren't right. just like being mean to boys. It's reflected in the play. It's a problem for everyone. It just keeps perpetuating and perpetuating in different ways, both on the ice and off. And what I thought was really interesting is that I didn't know that Bill Peters was basically a protege of Babcock. Yeah. And it just goes to show you that there's like six white guys who coach in the NHL and they just get recycled over and over again. Like they just get endless chances. What's really interesting is, again, how universal this is. So Mm -hmm. there's a kind of like Babcock sort of character in the college football world. Urban Meyer, who is a name you probably heard, and he's a notorious hard ass and is awful to the players, treats them Mm -hmm. like animals. It's, It's just like methods that are ineffective but because he was at ohio state he had a constant stream of great recruits and so right. he gets to spin his whole method as oh yeah, i'm a hard ass constant support and also when you're winning mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how it gets done disciples of his method include uh the former coach at maryland who oh who killed a guy yeah, yeah he, so he used to be one of his assistants there was a football player last season in maryland who had heat stroke which is preventable you know you don't have to die of heat stroke it's 2019 you don't have to 
Have I had told you my heat stroke story? No, hit me with a heat stroke story. Um, when I was in preschool in Phoenix, Arizona, so I was probably like three. Um, I was at preschool and it was like, you know, 110 degrees as it is just like normally. Mm-hmm. And they made us all play outside. And I was like sitting in, a, in an inflatable kiddie pool and the water was just like boiling hot. And I was just sitting in there for a very long time. And then I got very sick and they called my mom and my mom picked me up and she was like, why are you trying to kill my kid? Audrey, Why are you trying to boil my child alive? You just like sous vide yourself. Yeah. You just had to like slap you on the grill and then you would have had like a nice- I was nice and marinated. Juicy interior with a seared- So anyway, what you do apparently when you have heat stroke is like you're supposed to, when you're like a small child is, and this is one of my earliest memories too. Um, <laughs> we love a good traumatic early memory. I have one like this too, actually. But she brought me home and she put me in like bathtub full of coldish water. Mm-hmm. And then she called like an ambulance, right? And so I just remember paramedics coming in and <laughs> me just projectile vomiting in the bathtub. <laughs> like you're the exorcist <laughs> baby? And guys, not to brag, but I've seen pictures of Audrey when she was a baby. She actually does look like the exorcist kid before it got all she got all fucked up. Before it got possessed. <laughs> yeah. So that's even just your angelic face, just like spewing heat stroke vomit oh my god anyway heat stroke very serious business but you don't have you to, don't die, have to die of it like there are so many ways to prevent that especially if you are a grown-ass adult man big old sidebar to say that this is not a problem which it's not a bad apple problem no it's, it's designed this way it's designed to sow fear and distrust and reinforce bad behavior right and not even just to win, just to sort of submit your will over somebody else. Like, that's honestly what it's it is. It's a whole, there's such a complex power dynamic at play here. And obviously there's such a complex also, like, gender schema that you can put over all of this. Not that, you know, girls aren't unnecessarily cruel to each other or are violent in ways. What if, what if we this just became like a gender essentialism podcast where we discuss innate differences between men and women? Here's the thing. I will remind you on a weekly basis that I was a gender studies minor in college. Oh my God. So <laughs> this podcast is for social justice warriors only. That's right. There's just a lot. There's a lot here that we don't have time to go into. But one more thing that I did want to go into is right before we started recording, both of us read. I did not read. Okay. I would rather pull my own teeth out than read that article. Okay, well, can I tell you about it? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I told you to read it. So right before we started recording, an article in The Athletic came out with, uh, basically, it was a it was a transcript of an interview between Mark Lazarus, who is the beat reporter for uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, and Robin Leonard, who is, as we all know, the goalie for the Chicago Blackhawks. And essentially, the, media, the reason they are doing this interview is, I think, Robin Leonard got really pissed at Mark on Twitter about what he was saying regarding this whole coaching scandal. Uh, which is number one, like a fascinating setting for an interview by Mark Lazarus. I was like, hell yeah. Like, let me just say also, you don't have to give interviews to everybody who wants to talk to you. Okay. That is actually what I wanted to talk about (laughs) is because like I found on one hand, yes, this is, this is great content. On the other hand, this is a man who has been on the record publicly with his substance and mental health issues. And that's rare. That's extremely rare in sports as a whole and in hockey specifically. And it's such a hard line to, to walk between, you that's know? That's the thing. I, I understand why it was published unedited. Yes. I wish it had had a little bit more context. 
because I think that would have been helpful because you can tell that Mark is already getting frustrated that people are Mm -hmm. going after him for things that Robin said in that interview. And I'm like, I mean, what did you think was going to happen, though? They put it up so fast and with so little context context that you're exactly right. It just comes out like they're sort of supporting his take. It's very clickbaity. And I don't think it's necessarily 100% clickbaity in a bad way. No, but I'm it's just, also it's just, just kind of like, what was the net value of putting it out in this format at this time? Right. I think that if they had worked on it a little bit and actually made it some sort of feature, then mm-hmm. it could have just it could have been just as interesting and helpful. What did he say in this interview? What were his main points? So, I mean, I, did you even, like, scan it at all? I started... Here's what happened. Yeah. I saw the entire, like, setup of what had been published. Uh-huh. And I was like, a little mm. a little bell went off in my head. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. And then I saw people starting to post excerpts of it. Oh. And I started reading some of the quotes from it. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm good on reading all all of this right now i think i might save this one for a day where i'm in a better mood (laughs) is not already yeah super high well if you saw the excerpts then i mean you kind of got an idea of what it was i mean it's it's a guy who obviously thinks a lot about this stuff which is great Mm -hmm. and like thinks a lot about his own journey in terms of self-actualization you can tell that he's been through a lot of therapy (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i mean that in a good way this is someone who is thinking about his own thoughts and emotions but he is not able to factor his experience from the macro narrative does that make sense yes absolutely That is exactly what I was going to say. He, in, and I think this comes from a place of good intentions, Mm -hmm. in an attempt to be more empathetic. Yes. With the situations of others. I think what Robin Leonard is trying to do is like frame his experience with the experiences of like Akeem Aliu and Mitch Marner and all these other people. I get that impulse, but at the same time, your experience is not the same as others. And in some cases, you saying that we are the same invalidates other people's experiences. Exactly. And I mean, you could see him like almost get there. And almost getting there is better than not trying at all. And so the impulse where all this comes from to make this sport more open and to like talk about this kind of stuff, I think that is admirable. Yeah. And I think that is something that should be encouraged and that, you know, more players should do sit down interviews like this where they talk about major issues. I think that they should be coached a little bit more because he came off he came off looking not well. I don't know how how else to say this other than like I read that and I was like, that sounds like someone who's who's not doing well. It was incoherent. Right. So like I am concerned about Robin Lennon right now. <laughs> Maybe like Maybe don't talk make... to your agent first. Oh my god, that's actually what I was wondering. Did anyone talk to his team before? Well, I mean, did did he tell anybody he was gonna do this before doing it? Because I mean, you and I both have yes. different we have different understanding of like impulse control when you are mentally ill or struggling with something. Yeah. A lot of the times it's not all there. Your brain is not firing on all cylinders when it comes to decision making. Right. And so the other piece of this is Colleton has been, Colleton, who is the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, is on the record defending Mark Crawford. So I don't think he asked anybody before he did this if that's like sort of the party line that they're having. Does Robin Leonard say anything about Mark Crawford in the- Yes, he said he loved him. 
Oh, well, okay. That's what it is. It's like, it's incoherent. He's at one hand, he's on one hand, like, condemning Bill Peters as going too far, but saying that, like, the Mark Crawford stuff happened a long time ago. Who does it help at the end of the day? Anyway, sometimes you don't need to center yourself in the narrative. Get those clicks. But, like, get those clicks, I guess. So, Audrey, you know what month it is? It's December, or so I've been told. So we've both been told, and uh, I have been told that it's December because all of our beautiful boys, they're looking a little bit bare of face. Thank God. November has ended. It's for a really great cause. It's for a really great cause. Some of the process to getting there is so painful. I would say that it brings out the best and the worst in so many people. We really saw some great stashes. Maybe you were taking part in a little Movember celebration of your own and are looking at your face and thinking that you got to take it this off. This was a poor choice. Yeah, aesthetically. And if you want to do this in the like, you know, least painless and uh, most aesthetically attractive way possible, I got to recommend using Harry's razors. Great gift. Exactly. If you're going home for Christmas and you have that one nephew who's just always has that little fuzz on his face. Get it off there, dude. Like, you have a father. Someone should teach you how to do this. Get him a Harry's Razors kit. Holiday sets start at just 20 bucks. Also, if you are a listener to this show, you can get $5 off any Harry's shave set when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. They have shaving sets for like any price point. So $5 off is a great deal. It's a great deal for you because you probably get to look at less not great facial hair in your life. But also you get blade refills for as low as $2 each. If you're anyone who's shaving, you're going to save a lot of money over time because you're not going to be buying new packs of razors every month. And every single Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle. You can engrave it. Ooh. Whatever you want. Big Papa on your razor. Every razor cartridge has five blades. That's so many blades. That's way more than one. There's a travel cover to protect your blades. And it comes in a pretty holiday box. You also get a really nice foaming shave gel. I live with dudes now, so I'm learning about the world of shaving in a whole new light. They both use Harry's shaving cream, and it smells amazing. So free shipping ends on December 16th. So act now to get your razors for yourself or as a present. By going to harrys.com slash blue wire. Shave your face. I think you and I disagreed a little bit this week about how... Ooh, ooh, spicy. Trouble in paradise. (laughs) About whether or not to pat Rod Brindamore on the back for how he's been handling this so far. Yes. So the backstory for this is whenever the Bill Peters stuff started coming out, uh, there were several allegations from the Hurricanes that are from former Hurricanes that he was abusive to, to players. Like he punched someone in the back of the head. And Bill Peters was the coach of the Carolina Hurricanes immediately before Rod Brindamore. This was at a time when Ron Francis, who's now the GM of the new Seattle team, when Ron Francis was GM of the Canes. And I believe that Rod was also his assistant. Yes. For at least a little bit. He was in a more minor role than he is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> he was I got not two head, head coaches. <laughs> <laughs> one for the plug, one for the... Anyway. One for the offense, uh, one for the defense. <laughs> I, that's not a bad idea. But whenever these allegations started coming out, he was on the record immediately saying, yes, it happened. I did I did not like to see it. And it happened. It definitely happened. And just was so unequivocal about the fact that it happened that I, for one, was shocked and impressed and thought that what he did was important. I realized the bar is on the floor. No, I know. 
to a certain extent, I agree. Like, I was surprised mm-hmm. that he came out with as strong language as he did. So he said, and I will quote him here, uh, it for sure happened, the two issues in question. Players are afraid to speak up. And to be honest with you, everybody under the coach, the manager, they're afraid to speak up, I think, at times, because there's a big gap on the power structure on that. I think the players have way more power now and they realize that. I think it's important for them to speak out about whatever they think is important because the times have changed. They definitely have more power and they need to speak up. Like, I think that's a good statement, especially in the context of every other team slash league statement that we've seen this week, which is dog shit. (laughs) Yeah, Colleton defending Crawford, everyone else just being like, Bill Peters denying and then admitting that he did it. And And then then resigning instead of getting fired. Saying he had a heated gaming moment. (laughs) That's literally what he said. Oh, he did not say he had a heated gaming moment. He said that he was like, it came out in the moment. It was an emotional reaction. I was like, I'm sorry, but if you were saying the (laughs) N-word out of anger one time, you've definitely said it before. That word doesn't just appear in your brain. Right? That's like the weirdest defense that it just came out in anger. I'm like, "Mm." Mm. I've been really angry before, like so angry. And I... The N-word, it didn't pop out. No, it didn't. <laughs> Not to pat myself on the back or anything, but I have never said the N-word in anger or joy or ever. There's simply no excuse. There's just no excuse. It's so easy. 10 years ago now was 2010. Mm-hmm. that's not that long ago. There's no more excuse where you can go back and say, oh, it was a different time. Like that was more okay than it is now. I give I give two thumbs up to Rod Brendamore for doing the right thing. I give one thumbs up one medium thumb to the side. Hey, it's pretty good. Again, I think it's pretty good. I just mm-hmm. think that we have to like think about this not just in the bubble of like the NHL. Right. I think it's also influenced by the fact that like Ron Francis really handled this poorly this past week where like he just didn't make a statement and didn't make. And right. I understand that things are a little bit uh, disorganized in Seattle at the moment because, you know, they haven't hired us yet. They they haven't hired us. So makes it understandable. Moves. But like, man, you have got to have some PR people in place who can tell you, you need to get ahead of this story before you start getting implicated in it. If you have nothing to hide, if you think you are you did nothing wrong, you need to say that you have nothing to hide and you did nothing wrong. Because the longer you wait, the more guilty you look, even if you're not. And that's not fair. It's not, it's not a fair thing that happens, but it, it, that's what happens. That's media, baby. Bunby, that's media, baby. So that is what fascinates it about fascinates me about all this is that on a, like a very large game making scale you can sort of see what everybody's doing and there are some people who are being very savvy about it mm-hmm. and then there are others who aren't and so that's from a very shrewd perspective I see what Rod is doing he's saying that players like he's acknowledging the, the gap between players yeah. and, and coaches I think that's the best thing he did is that he talked about like the po- the power dynamic that runs all through the organization between the coaches and everybody else. And so what's fascinating about that is to go back up to Toronto. Toronto? Toronto? No. Toronto. I'm not going to say it with a second fucking T. Okay. <laughs> so there's been rumors that a big reason why people were so obsessed with getting the most money as possible is because they hated Babcock. Mm, there was no loyalty to the franchise at least not as much as people assumed, because if you're like, fuck my coach. Right. So people are like, why isn't Mitch get- giving them a hometown discount? What's the fucking deal? Because he's not getting anything out of this. Like, he right. has to go spend every day at practice with somebody who he fucking hates. So if Rod does the right thing, the easy thing, that's like free money for the team. Yeah. Damn. That's just the power be of being a, a player's coach. Just be a good person and people will want to work for you. 
I'm glad we all figured that out together this week. <laughs> I mean, it's just so fascinating because it's like kindness has a value. Yeah. Empathy has a value. You can put a price on it. Seattle's like, I mean, not literal stock, but just their sort of forefront on being innovative is sort of tanking because Ron Francis sat on his hand. It's all about power. It's all about money. And it's all about being nice. Jesus Christ, just be a good person. Um. Anyway, we cannot obviously spend the entire episode on this. We solved it. We solved. We solved racism. <laughs> we did. This is not the end of this this saga. I'm not convinced that this is a watershed moment for the NHL. Like, I'm not convinced that this is going to change everything in hockey culture and make things better for everybody from, like, you know, juniors on up. But mm-hmm. I think some progress is better than no progress. So the more bad people that get rooted out of this system, mm-hmm. the more we break it down that way, the better it can become in the future. I just want to close this segment out by making some wild guesses. Okay. Do you think Bill Peters will ever coach again? Yes. I think he will coach not at the NHL level. That would be my guess as well. I think he'll coach like the Wheat Kings or something. <laughs> I think he'd probably coach not even, he'd coach in Europe. Probably. Get oh yeah, sure, sure. They're racist over there too, so. Uh, do you think... Babcock will coach in the NHL again. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many years? How many years? How many years Um, do you have? (laughs) I think he'll be coaching the New Jersey Devils within two weeks. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I actually don't think that, especially because I think the Devils have hinted now multiple times um, in the past couple of days that they are going to wait until the end of the season to see who's on the market in terms of coaches. Okay. Um, Mike Babcock absolutely will coach in the NHL again. I'm going to make an even more specific prediction. Go ahead. Mike Babcock returns 2020 to coach the Seattle Sock Guys. It's going <laughs> to happen. And people love him. That's the same thing we've been saying the whole time is people love a narrative that they can buy into that toughness. Come back. Toughness is, is what A man who's need. been oppressed for so much of his life. He deserves a, a third or fourth or a fifth or a sixth chance or whatever. Christina, as you know, holidays are coming up. It's very stressful for a few reasons, right? You got to buy presents for people. Ugh. You have to like make lists, which I know you hate. Actually, I love lists now, <laughs> but I appreciate you putting me in boxes. But most of all, like what's most stressful for me is worrying about if I'm going to get my stuff to people on time. And that's why you can use a service like ShipStation. Holiday Rush is here. You got to get orders out quickly, especially if you own your own business, if you're shipping stuff through Amazon, Etsy, something like that, and you want to do it quickly, you want to do it affordably. ShipStation can help you do that. ShipStation works with every major carrier. So you've got USPS, FedEx, UPS. And so they help you compare the rates and find the best shipping solution for you and your customers. It's the number one choice of online sellers. So if you would like to take the hassle out of your holiday shipping, let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. And with our offer code BLUE, that's just B-L-U-E, you can get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free. No hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. So basically, you now have no excuse to ship your presents late. Just visit ShipStation.com. You click on the microphone at the top of the page. Get it? It's a microphone for podcasts because it's a podcast. And then Uh you type in blue. That's ShipStation.com. Offer code blue. And it's ShipStation where they make ship happen. Do you get it? Wow. Boom. Should we take some calls? I think we should pivot and uh, take some calls. I feel like a little too angry. Let's get some serotonin. 
Hey bunnies, my name is Jess, and I just recently started getting into hockey and buying merch, and as Christmas approaches, the age-old question of who I should buy a jersey for is looming over me. I am emotionally invested in the Blue Jackets, particularly I'm in love with Pierre-Luc Dubois, but that's something else entirely, and the Stars, so between them... Who should I give my jersey virginity to? On a side note, I actually like the Winter Classic jerseys for the stars, but it seems like I'm in the minority on this one. Thanks, y'all. I absolutely think that you should get a Pierre-Luc Dubois jersey. That that man is so large and so good looking. I did see the Instagram total thirst trap. I love that... all the teams are kind of getting in on this, like the total thirst trap value of having their players play with puppies and just reporting it. It's free money. It's free (laughs) real estate. (laughs) 100% support that one. Who who did you think? You get a Seth Jones one, of course. Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski. I really love uh, the CBJ sweaters with the pecanon on them. The thirds, yeah. I think a lot of people don't like those, and I really People don't do. like them because they think they're weird, and they don't like the cream, but I love the cream. And I look good in cream. If you look good in cream, those are the jerseys for you. Also, <laughs> I mean, the Stars Winter Classic jerseys are also cream, right? They're, like, yes. off-white. I also love those. If you're going to get a Stars Winter Classic jersey, I recommend you you just buy it plain, because <laughs> they're not going to have any except for the Sagan and Ben ones ready for the actual Winter Classic. But you could just buy a plain one. Go to the team store afterwards. They're going to letter it for you and get a Roubaix Hints one. Ooh, very smart. I love like that the stars just have a supply chain issue going on. What's going on <laughs> with their acquisition? Like, do you need somebody? That was great. So they had a, they were supposed <laughs> to have a theme night last week. Where Cursed. The, the free giveaway was a Tyler Sagan tattoo sleeve, like a little um, pantyhose that you put on your arm. Yeah. When I saw this, I thought it was like a Photoshop joke. I thought it was joke. I thought it was like something that we made up in our brains. However, they could not give these away because they did not arrive on time. Yeah, the Chinese factory where like three children died to make these- To uh, make 100,000 Tyler Sagan tattoo sleeves. A kid got caught in the part, so we have to wait until <laughs> next- We have to wait until next year. Oh, well. So those are the two that I recommend. Um, get that cherry busted. Ew. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, bunnies. Michael here. I uh, just wanted to say thanks so much for the shout-out for my birthday this uh, last week. That was really sweet. And, uh, yeah, you were correct to point out Myers is a really cool friend. That was such a fun surprise. Um, I, anyway, so I have um, a question or a comment. The question is mostly directed at Christina, but curious to hear what Audrey thinks also. Um, so with all the ado about webcomics, and Equid on Twitter last week, I was wondering if all, like, 600 or whatever NHL players were made to participate in a great outdoor fight, uh, who do you think would win? Who do you think would die first? Most importantly, what do you think the best rivalries and cliques, et cetera, would be that would develop over an outdoor fight? Uh, so yeah, that's my question. And then my comment is, uh, in fact, it's my friend Maya's birthday on December 3rd. It's dad season out here. Um, and so if you were to uh, wish her a happy birthday as well, that would be super cute, I think. Uh, thanks so much. That's not too much to ask. Have a great one. Love your show. Bye. Um, so this is a very important question to me. Thank you so much. But to answer it, I have to like, I have to like the like, just like one second of background. So like the, the great outdoor fight is just this culmination of many story arcs in the webcomic Akewood 
I don't know how to explain this to like a normal person. It's just like a, a lot of. <laughs> It's really hard to explain okay, the concept that, of Aikwood to somebody else, okay? Like, it's hard. I do want you to know that in my mind, when I hear great outdoor fight, I immediately think of the pivotal scene in the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part <gasps> 2. It is That's like that. the outdoor fight that I think of. I think that movie, that scene killed Dakota Fanning's career. So talking about this, you can envision your webcomic fight, and I will envision my Twilight Saga fight. So it's not like the end of the series. Yeah, I understand. Let me explain to you the concept of comedy (laughs) in art. First, let's, uh, I'm going to assign you some readings by Derrida, and then we'll go from there. Anyway, so I think what it would essentially happen is like this already exists, and it's called the Olympics. Ah, yes. They would all be arranged by country. Duh. Gary Bettman would hate it, since we're no longer allowed to go to the Olympics. So, I mean, that's essentially that my answer to your question, thank you so much for asking it, is it would be the Olympics and they would be they would be sorted by nationality. Uh, when I explain hockey to other people, they're like, oh, that's so cool. Do they play in the Olympics? And I have to explain why and <laughs> so, they don't. So it's complicated. The commissioner just doesn't like the Olympics and he's like, that stops them from playing in the Olympics. And I'm like, you would be surprised. <laughs> Who do you think would win? If they were separated by countries, I think, first of all, that it would come down to... Sweden versus Russia. Yeah, because we're not talking about hockey here. We're talking about um, hand-on-hand combat. I think that the Russians would win because they're not afraid to do what needs to be done. Yeah. And then the Finns have that. They all have those. The one thing that they all have in common, they all look very different. They all have those like flat black shark eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you think about Sebastian (laughs) Yes. I'm thinking about his like prince face and those just... enormous black eyes and i'm like this man is killed for sport and will again i do think that they would be the like the surprise underdogs yeah like in the hunger games i think the best rivalries would obviously be canada versus the u.s but it would be like a total fight to the death right neither of them would win i think it'd be really fun to have brother gangs the kachucks running around the stroms running around the big american families the stalls everyone would be scared as fuck of the stalls um imagine a mad max style world where the stalls are just like roll in on their huge motorcycles (laughs) maya happy birthday we love a sag i'm scared of them personally but i respect them as as you can tell by me trying to talk over audrey a lot of my a lot of my chart is in sagittarius (laughs) so i love i love sagittarius i hope that we just get to like wish happy birthday to everyone in this friend group yeah let's get this going going. (laughs) let's see how far we can go okay i'm gonna read the next text to you are you ready hi puck bunnies i went to a university of denver hockey game last night and their goal song is the same as the buffalo sabers goal song just an fyi well there's only one reason that i put this text in and it's so that I could put the Buffalo Sabres goal song in again. I listened to it last night when they beat Jersey 7-2. to two. More like here we go now. Hey bunnies, love the pod. You could have an expansion franchise in any city. What city would it be? Thank you. 
Um, if you could have an expansion franchise in any city, what would it be? Houston, Texas. Next question. Bun B, that's Texas, baby. I think I would still go with like somewhere in the Midwest. Kansas City, honestly. I also kind of think Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, I like that. I, what I would do is I would move one of the Florida teams up there. Or back to Atlanta. But I'm just yeah. saying, oh. if you made me choose a new city, it would not be Atlanta. Uh, my dark horse one is I think that Albuquerque would be a really fun Yes! For a hockey More team. There. desert hockey! Well, it's a, hu- it's a huge city. There's no, like, professional sports teams there. I think I think they would get really into it. It would be like Vegas. Rock. We got a text... It's a little bit of a rant, and then it's a question. Here we go. Hi, bunnies. This is Lauren from Indiana, and I'm here to start the petition to rename the segment Misery Business sponsored by the Detroit Red Wings, because y'all, this ain't it. Everything hurts, and Dylan Larkin is dying. We have no defense, and our goalie has to be on an IV in between periods because he had to play sick. That is true. That's very sad. That's so sad. Stevie Y can only work so much magic. A quick question for you both. If you had to assign an astrology sign to an entire team, which teams give you vibes of which signs? Well, let's do the Red Wings. Oh, what's the saddest sign? Cancer. <laughs> Moving on. It's It's got it like cancer has this sort of like central resilience, though, you know, that I don't think that the Red Wings Strength have right through now. tears. It's more like a Pisces kind of thing. Oh, I'm good sorry luck, to Charlie. Put, I'm sorry to put that one on you, but who's the most um, Leo team? I think it's Vegas. Oh, that's a good one. They're so into it. They try so hard, and not even in a bad way. They're just good at being in the spotlight. They love to. Ryan act. Reeves, not oh a God. Leo, but should be a Leo. <laughs> what is he? He is a. He's an Aquarius. Okay, that also explains a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why he's a fucking asshole. God bless. This podcast does not support Aquariuses. What about, um, like, a Aries? Washington Capitals. Why? Any particular reason? Just big dick energy. Very Big stubborn. angry dick energy. Doesn't actually uh, want to be, quote unquote, good at anything, but just, like, ends up being good by sheer luck. Spontaneous. God, I wish that were me. Hello, Puck Bunnies. I am calling in response to the woman from Canada who had a negative stereotype about hockey players. I'm calling because I went to a college with Division One hockey in Minnesota, and I had the totally opposite stereotype of hockey players, and partly because they were Canadian, but, like, we would be much happier to see a group of hockey bros out at the bars than a group of baseball or rugby or uh basketball or football bros like they were they could be broy like they were horny or uh beer drinking um like broy dudes but they were generally always pretty sweet and like i said pretty canadian uh one story in particular is that i went to college with david backus who's now of the boston bruins and i didn't really know him but he worked at Kohl's, the department store with my sister and she would talk about how he was just like genuinely the nicest human, even when she would see him out at the bars, but also at work, how he was so patient with all the little old ladies who would flock from around the county to ogle him at Kohl's. And uh, so I don't really have a question, but if you have any other super sweet, wholesome stories about hockey players going against bro stereotype, I would love to hear them. Uh, love you, Puck Bunnies. Have a good day. Bye-bye. That's nice. 
David that Backus. That is so nice. I love this call because I so I went to I went to law school at the University of Minnesota. So I actually knew some hockey players from this is uh, like a Minnesota State, mm-hmm. and so like there were a couple of them there. And I'm sorry, they were assholes. <laughs> If you're looking for a nice story, no, uh, they they did try to cheat off me in torts. Well, so uh, which was their mistake since I was not very good at it. So owned. I do not know a single hockey player. Wow, let's change that. 2020, Audrey meets a hockey player. Christina goes ice skating. Big goals. Well, guys, that's it from us for another week from your two favorite women on earth. On earth, fuck your mom, fuck your sister, fuck your friends. It's Audrey and Christina only. <laughs> don't listen to any tweets from anyone named Katie that say that you have to, you don't have to pick just one sportswoman to like. Actually, you can only pick two and you have to pick those. <laughs> that was a very long joke with no payoff at the end. <laughs> if you are so inclined, call in with your questions or suggestions for next week's episode at 774-318-6952. You can always follow us on Twitter at, at puckbunnies underscore pod. And on Instagram at @packbunniespod. Please remember to rate and review on your platform of choice. Sometimes we get reviews from like, like we got one from Australia this week that said that our, this show is better than William Nylander's hair. And thank you. That was like the highest praise you can get. He has immaculate highlights. His balayage is amazing. So that's a really good review. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash puckbunnies that I can keep paying for Adobe Suite, which is still, I am scamming them off my college ID, which not has not been active for the last four years. That's called hustling. That's called budgeting. Anyway, I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And this, as always, has been Puck Bunnies. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. It's not always Puck Bunnies. What is it at other times? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Bye, everybody.